Hi guys, this is Jesus Alvarado. Um, my PGPs are he, his, him. I am a third year here at Stan State. I'm majoring in Spanish and double minoring in ethnic studies and journalism. Hi, my name is Steph Landeros. My PGPs are they and them. I'm a senior and I'm a sociology major here at CSU Stanislaus. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Darian Newton for mixing our intro and outro. Thank you so much. Um, so Jesus, how was your week? Um, this week was really like, it went by so quick. I honestly felt like it went by so quick. I was speaking to my supervisor on Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday. And I honestly was telling him like, dude, like the time just scares me because it goes, it goes by flying like super fast. Like, and like you stuff, you know how time gives me anxiety. Yeah, dude, you're I mean... always so freaking out about that. And I'm just like, stop. It's okay. Yeah, time is I a th- social construct. Chill. <laughs> But it still scares me, I mean, because I still want to get my stuff done. Um, I literally have an agenda for everything, even for when I eat. Like, it's on my agenda. Or else, I, if I don't follow something... Really? Yes, I feel incomplete. What? I'm not lying to you guys. Bro. I literally have an agenda. But yeah, that's that's what um, I was telling my supervisor, that I feel like time... this this it, 2017 has been going by so quick. I mean, we're Honestly, already in March. Honestly, we're already in March, and right. we're it's already hot outside, like global warming af man <laughs> like but it's a hoax remember oh yeah like what, what was the sign that on the 99 the government regulated drought, <laughs> the drought. yeah dude that was so ridiculous bro no but yeah i mean oh. for now it's warm i mean if we see the weather for this what is it saturday in the whole upcoming week it's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be, be raining. raining the whole week and we're trying to go camping yeah. i don't understand how that's gonna happen we'll make it happen what did you do last weekend last weekend I actually went to go get a haircut at my Ooh. barbers. <laughs> I love going to the barbers. And interestingly, talking about the barbers, there was something that I analyzed about myself. Uh-huh. Is that, you know, like, I'm a really perky person. I'm an outgoing person. Um, I'm a high-pitched voice person sometimes, the majority of the time. But I noticed that, like, when I was talking to my barber, even on the phone when he called me t- um, to see if I was still going to my hair appointment, um, you know, he speaks very, like, masculine, like, I guess whatever that means, right? He like speaks. this, hey man, what's up? Yeah, How exactly. How you doing? <laughs> and Are you I'm still t- coming in for your haircut, man? Yeah, <laughs> all right, see you at 5.30. Exactly, and it was at that time, actually. <laughs> and That's so for funny. me, it's the opposite. I mean, I don't have that voice. I, I don't know. And so I analyzed myself that when I was talking to him on the phone, I deepened my voice. I, mm. like, tried to act or kind of assimilate to his voice. And then when I met him in the real barber, like, when I finally stepped in the barber shop. Um, he said hi to me and like he gave me like a bro hug and I went with it I, ne- I never in general I hate hugs especially bro hugs because it's like who am I trying to like fit in with the straight people <laughs> or the straight men and so I went with it and again I saw myself throughout my whole haircut when he asked me stuff like I would like answer with the voice that kind of sounded like his and it was not my voice and so at the moment I didn't notice it but after my whole like um, hair appointment, I, I was with my coworker and I asked him like, Hey, did you hear my voice? Like it changed it in it. And so that's when I started analyzing internally, like, why did I do that? And ironically that same night you called me and you were like, you know, like for our next podcast, I was thinking about talking about code switching. And that just like blew my mind because I was actually like, dude, I think this is like deep connection we have of like both being like, <laughs> like your birthday is a week before mine and we're both Capricorns and like, I think that's what it is. It's like we were it meant to, to be, be birthday like twins, but something's like, happening. Something because, you know, that's weird. Um, yeah. Well, this week to help us talk about code switching, we have Dr. Peterson uh, in the house. Welcome. Thank Yay. you. So 
Should I introduce myself now? If you want. Um, I forgot about the pri- pronouns thing, so I'm not as smooth with it as you guys are. But I guess it's her, she, and what's the third one? Hers. Hers. Okay, so her, she, hers. Um, I'm an assistant professor in the psychology and child development department. And um, I've worked, this is my third year here. And I teach classes in the undergraduate department and um, for graduate students as well. And one of the grad, I teach abnormal psych. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, But I also teach the grad class on culture um, and development. And so Steph came to me um, to talk about code switching, which is very, I'm very honored, but I also feel like I am not the authority. So I apologize <laughs> if I get anything wrong or if I don't have all the information that you would like, but it's okay. I'll do my best. Thank yes. you. That's all that we asked for. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, in some of the research that Jesus and I have been doing, for example, we looked at an article by NPR, the code switching podcast mm-hmm. people. Um, they talked about like code switching to fit in mm-hmm. and it's mostly having to do with people of color. Mm-hmm. Could you speak a little bit about how that happens? Well, so the actual phenomenon of code switching was originally only thought to be linguistic. So mm-hmm. um, we change languages um, depending on the situation we're in. And that understandably has a lot to do with your ethnicity and your race right so if you grew up speaking Spanish at home and now you speak English in kind of your working world then you might slip back into Spanish sometimes if something triggers you like um, you talk to your mom on the phone or you see a funny poster or something like that Um, but I think that now we talk about code switching a little more broadly. Some people still consider it very language based and primarily just language Mm -hmm. But I think that it's probably relevant to also talk about behavior, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the kinds of behaviors that you showed yeah. of, of changing your voice yeah. and, <laughs> and, you know, the bro hug, uh-huh. <laughs> those, those kinds of behaviors can be code switching, yeah. too. And now psychologists and anthropologists and sociologists are looking at code switching in addition to just language. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but why we do that, I think, yeah, to fit in for protection, um, also to get things mm-hmm. like um, I one of the, I read the NPR article too and um, <laughs> one of the things I liked was kind of like to get in with the in-laws yeah. you mm-hmm. might you might start speaking the language or um, to get better treatment yeah. I I went to um, before I was married I went to a <laughs> so the it's embarrassing because it was our one year anniversary almost and we had not talked about engagement at all but I went to a jewelry store and mm-hmm. started looking at engagement rings because I thought maybe she would propose to me mm-hmm. oh. and um, she didn't but it was just fine because now we're married and we have a kid and it's all fine <laughs> but um, but the woman at the store um, said oh how long have you been dating what's his name what does he look like um. and I froze and went along with it and started talking about a man and immediately started saying ugh <laughs> what am i doing what am i what is this i haven't done this in years this is very strange um, but it was such a weird little moment of like of like, expectation <laughs> she expected me to be straight uh-huh. you know mm-hmm. she expected me to to just go along with that and i felt like I had to go along with it too, and so I code switched in that moment to, oh yeah, sure, it's a guy, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he's tall, dark, and handsome, right? yeah, that, that, that guy, yeah, yeah, whatever you're saying, yeah. And I find it really interesting because I've been in, I've been put in situations as well, like, yeah. uh, 
get like going to job interviews like if it's a bunch of white people i'm just like oh hey how are you like uh-huh. you know my voice is kind of monotone to yeah. begin with and so i try to like have this like oh hi like my name is stephanie and, da, 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 da. and you know i don't say that my name is steph although that like that's what i prefer to be called right. i say oh my name is stephanie nice to meet you da, 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 da. so i just try to like really fit into that like feminine role mm-hmm. because like when you look at me it's like oh you know that person's like really masculine okay cool but like at a job interview like i do go dressed as like you know button up yeah tie slacks you know mm-hmm. that whole thing but to make up for it i i guess quote unquote like making up for it is me trying to like i'm feminine too like look at me like yeah. i can be you know flamboyantly feminine like <laughs> look you know yeah i try to put on this show i feel like i'm a peacock <laughs> that way like just go you know yeah. like, <laughs> I put up that front mm-hmm. um in that sense so yeah and I've totally been put in situations where someone's like I remember I think it was like a few years ago uh before I was like really really out like in the open uh my friends would ask me like oh yeah like I think this was like back in high school um my friends would be like oh so like what kind of guys do you like staff and I'm just like uh you know, <laughs> dudes. <Those ones. laughs> yeah, dudes. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, "What do you mean?" I'm just like, I just, I don't know. Like, I really, I'm really straight. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like dudes, and then that's all I would be able to say, you know. Until later, I came out, and then they'd be like, "Oh, so that's why you'd be always weird when we ask you questions." Like, yeah, because I'm really gay, and I'm not interested in dudes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, so. Why do you, well, not you, but, like, why is it called code switching? Mm. Like, Well, I think there probably are multiple answers to that, but I've thought about that, too. And I, my understanding is that we think about languages being codes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, again, coming back to that original definition of code switching as just language-based, you switch codes to, when you switch languages, right? Mm-hmm. But if we broaden it out again... I think we can think about behaviors being codes too, right? Mm. We have a code of behavior in the LGBT community mm-hmm. and there's multiple codes within that. There's codes for butch lesbians and femme lesbians and, um, and you know, more femme men and, and you know, bears and, you know, <laughs> yeah. leather. And, and there's codes for everyone. And yeah. you're especially in like a mating environment, mm-hmm. like the like a bar, you're expected to go along mm-hmm. with the code that you are assigned, right? Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you walk in the room and you look a certain way, people are going to, like me, I wear skirts. People are going to expect something from me in terms of my, my behavior. They're going to expect a certain code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I switch codes and start acting a different way, then that throws people off. Mm-hmm. But I might do that in order to protect myself or in order to get something. Mm-hmm. Um I think that can also, I mean, I think that passing is kind of another way of code switching. Oh, I didn't think you know? about that. Yeah. Ooh. Something I mean, to think it makes about. Sense, Ooh, right? It does make sense. Um, yeah. Just to bring back the fact that you at the beginning said that, you know, code switching is not only about the linguistics of it. And it's interesting because all the articles that I read about code switching hyperlinked linguistics. Yeah. Because they linked back to like other linguistic. Um, uh, what are they called? Studies, mm-hmm. which were kind of boring. <laughs> I mean, I personally don't <laughs> like linguistics. I tried to take one for my Spanish major. I dropped it within two weeks. <laughs> before the state. I mean, I love language, but I'm not that hardcore about it. 
But I mean, going back to that, I feel like, it, like you said, it's not only about linguistics because I feel like it also regards your whole behavior, your whole attitude, your whole demeanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like when I have one attitude when I'm like with my friends or in this mm-hmm. environment, um, and then I have another attitude when I'm in front of my supervisors and in front of my colleagues, mm-hmm. but then I also have another attitude when I'm with my family. So like all of that is code switching like physically, not only mm-hmm. linguistically. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can connect that back to like dramaturgy, the concept and theory developed by Irving Goffman and sociology. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like having a front stage, backstage behavior. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. front stage behavior is like mm-hmm. the theatrics of like, hey, you know, this is Jesus at school. And then it's like, mm-hmm. switch it again. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is Jesus at home or switch it again. This is Jesus with friends. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it is exactly just that. I mean, that's a good example of it. I think if you had a linguistics professor on here, though, they would be mad right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. You're doing it wrong. You're saying it wrong. But I think, <laughs> I, think that that's, I think that's totally true. I think that um, especially if we're thinking about culture more broadly than yeah. just your race or ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, that we should think about code switching more broadly, too. And mm-hmm. I think that we're heading in that direction mm-hmm. if yeah. you don't just talk to linguistics professors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the point how you brought up that, you know, in the LGBT community, we are given s- sets of codes. And mm-hmm. I didn't really think about that. Like, there's a stereotype of like the butch lesbians having like the lesbian head nod, you know, you just kind of like, oh, <laughs> what's up? You know, as really? you're walking through. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't know. I always do it. And it's so <laughs> weird. Like, I always do it. I just the do nod. it to everybody. Just like, hey. Yeah. And people up? don't do that to me. And if and if a butch lesbian did that to me, I would kind of be like, what? Oh, um, OK, I'm supposed to nod. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I just think that's the funniest thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just like, hey. You know what's weird? <laughs> I don't know if this is a point to be even talking about or to bring up, but just a random fact. When, like, people nod at me, I don't, I've, I've never nod. You I, don't nod back? No. I, for Why? me, it's weird to nod. I just, like, wave. And, like, people mock me a lot <laughs> because they're like, okay, you now look like Obama every time he, like, presented himself. Like, just, the president. Hello. They, hello, When world. they see me, they're like, do the presidential wave. <laughs> and I'm just like, Wow. <laughs> So it's really funny. I've never nodded. I, I don't know. I think that's awkward. Like, how is it awkward? Just, I mean, just, just like so me. slight. <laughs> Dude, what? it's like a whole movement. Like you're exactly. Back, that's what it's I have. Just like, I feel like that's what I would have done. So I just don't do it. God, I wish I had a camera in here right now. <laughs> I think some of this back? gets lost on a radio show. <laughs> yeah, because that was epic. You look like you're about to fall. Like, <laughs> gosh. So, but, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was also going to bring up the linguistic side of this side um, because I did read on a Washington Post that it was a really um, right off the bat article that made me learn a lot that the linguistic side of it is what we call the gay voice or others call it the gay lisp. Mm. Oh. And I know <laughs> Steph, That's has what I'm a, saying. Oh. Steph has a problem with me because I'm very problematic sometimes. You are problematic. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like I stuff. catch myself needing a filter, but no one applies it to me. <laughs> I try um, and I just fail. So yeah, just like... <laughs> I guess it's just my personality. Um, but now getting back to this, um, I know Steph has a problem with me whenever I hear a man like have this quote unquote gay, gay voice. I call it the gay lisp. And <laughs> every time... Whether if this guy is really cute and I'm like, wow, like this guy's cute. I always tell Steph, wow, this guy's cute. And I heard him have a gay lisp. And like Steph always like (laughs) wants to like hit me when I say that because it is problematic. I understand it. It's problematic because not everybody who has a lisp is gay. That's why. 
And um, I read that in the in this article that you know it's incorrect to write a, to assume that someone is gay just because they have this quote unquote gay voice. Mm-hmm. And they actually did a study that a lot of gay men who were hearing voices of other men thought that they were gay just because of that mm. gay voice. And they were incorrect half of the time. So it's kind of really? like, well, I could be incorrect the half of the time, too. Do you think it's yeah. because, like, it's... I think you brought this point up before about, like, how we stereotype people because, like, those stereotypes apply to us. So you were saying... I remember when I yelled at you about it. You are like, I only say it because, like, I have a lisp and yeah. so I'm gay. So therefore, like, I think yeah. that other people have a li- When other people yeah. have a lisp, like, they're gay too. Interestingly, it's not about that. I read the whole um, study that they... I actually went through the whole study. Oh, um, It's not about that. It's, it's because at some times this man probably was raised by his um, female siblings. Mm-hmm. And so he assimilated to their voices. And regardless if they're straight or gay, like, it's because of that. The, and and it makes sense because I'm, I come from a family of ten. Uh, my first siblings were, like, three sisters and my mom. My dad was, like, in and out of the picture at times. So it was mainly my mom and my three older siblings. Uh, my three older sisters. After my three older sisters were born, I was the first boy to be born. Mm-hmm. And so I was being basically taken care of by my mom and my three older sisters and that made me think like maybe that's why I have this voice mm-hmm. because it says that that makes me comfortable like when I if I speak like them that 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 means that I was comfortable being taken care of these females mm-hmm. it was really interesting like this study like made yeah. me think a lot about myself so do you think then would you think that the men who have that lisp are also from a similar background yeah that's what it said that half of these men claimed to be um mm. taken care of by their mothers when they mm. were children or by their older female siblings or mm. relatives mm. and so i thought that that was really really interesting so i was wrong this whole time <laughs> yeah that's why i said it was problematic you see why it is yeah <laughs> so i thought that that was really interesting and through the study it said that a lot of these men grew up being bullied because of their voices were like either too feminine or too gay and I remember my dad would always make fun of me because he would always compare me my voice with my older sister um he would always be like oh look at this kid like he sounds like his older sister Brenda or Nancy Mm. and I always grew up with a stigma of my voice so I grew up hating my voice Mm. until I got into high school when I was just like you know what like f this like this is who I am (laughs) But yeah, like, it's interesting that I grew up, like, hitting my voice. And in the study, it shows that also these men, whether they were gay or not, like, they they grew up hating their voice because they were mm-hmm. told something of it. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting to learn that. Did it say anything about whether the straight men with the lisp tried to code switch? Like, tried to speak? Yeah, it said to get, to get stuff yeah. from their, fri- from their friends. Mm. Basically, to fit in with their friends and to not get, like, bullied from them. And these were already, like, adult men. Mm. so it's so really they still do it yeah mm. and actually this washington post article linked linked us to the npr that you guys mm-hmm. read so the studies go hand in hand mm-hmm. about the linguistic side and about the physical side like oh we do this and that mm-hmm. yeah. it was really interesting yeah mm-hmm. i think it can be involuntary too that's something we haven't mentioned yet but yeah. um i mean my story was sort of involuntary but i guess i kind of consciously did it but a lot of the examples I can think of from the linguistic side are involuntary of people mm-hmm. all of a sudden saying throwing in a Spanish word or two or changing their accent or 
or something like that um, because they feel connected all yeah. of a sudden to that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was pointing at Hilda uh, because <laughs> uh, we were just having this conversation because she asked me, like, what's code switching? So I gave her the example of, like, you know, if you're talking to – if I'm talking to you and just I just stick in, like, Spanglish, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, Hilda, what's it, how's it going? Como estas? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I just start speaking back mm-hmm. and forth, you know, that's like – me unconsciously mm-hmm. but consciously because i know that hilda will understand me mm-hmm. if i go back and forth mm-hmm. but i'm not like telling myself oh say, say this next word in, in spanish right. like say this you know right. um and code switching like that i think is really interesting because mm-hmm. we do it all the time we do all the time and now it's mm-hmm. called spanglish and it's an official language apparently now really i didn't yeah. know that was so an if anything we're trilingual you're, li- you're totally lying. Like, At least that's what my professor of Spanish says. Where are his sources? Uh, <laughs> let me check, because there's this thing called La Real Academia Española, and that's where, like, basically every Spanish person goes to. Yeah, I don't think that's another language, because it's legit, like... It's... I don't know. My godfather used to call it pigeon Spanish, but I pigeon? didn't... I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> I, I think, like, maybe, like, you're just picking out words and, like... It. I don't know. It was just weird. Um, did you find it? Not yet. <laughs> because it probably doesn't exist. He <laughs> lied to you. It's interesting. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> a movie comes out Spanglish with. Oh, um... right. <laughs> okay, but that's the movie. <laughs> that's the one with Adam Sandler and uh, what is her Penelope name? Penelope Cruz. Right? Penelope Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, just, I, I liked that out. movie. I told you. I was lied to. I <laughs> you were lied to. It comes out in Urban Dictionary. That means it's not official. It's not official. Mm. It's Urban Dictionary. <laughs> urban dictionary. Like, they have some weird ass <laughs> words on there, bro. <laughs> like, nah. Um, but yeah, uh, could you talk a little bit more about code switching or, yeah, code switching or assimilating to your surroundings as a person of color? Because mm. I think we we've talked about like linguistics but Mm -hmm. we haven't really touched upon like the race racial Mm -hmm. aspect of it Mm -hmm. right um well i i know that a lot of people kind of what you were talking about about um the lisp and about the gay voice Mm -hmm. a lot of people think about black people as having a black voice right and then white people having a white voice Mm -hmm. and if they're for example talking to someone on the phone in in a job interview Mm -hmm. and then a black person walks into the room um when they were expecting a white person then there can be a real disconnect and that can actually be a reason that someone might not get a job um and so there's a lot of code switching that has to happen that I'm specifically talking about African-American people, I think, because it probably affects them. I don't know if I want to say affects them the most, but there's a lot of impact of talking in a more, whatever that means, black way, than whatever this means, white way, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and then the and the treatment that comes from that. So I've, I know that I've heard, and I can't think of the specific person now, but just recently I heard um, an African-American woman talking about how she gets crap from both sides, basically, for the way that she speaks, because mm-hmm. she um, speaks in a pretty educated way, which her black friends have said is too white. Yeah. And people who are in her environment who are white have sort of, pushed back against that saying why don't you talk more like black people so i think <laughs> what the <laughs> hell does that mean right so so what sort of how do you get out of that yeah. mind yeah. Uh, you can't right so so but yeah i think that as people of color um there's a lot of ways you have to talk to 
to try to fit in in like you said the public world like the working world Mm -hmm. you know like not there's there's your home and your family and whatever that means to you Mm -hmm. it might be your biological family but it might be your friends or 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 the people around you who Mm -hmm. make you feel comfortable and you're going to talk in your kind of home language to them right whatever Mm -hmm. that means to you um and then there's the public world where you're you probably are going to talk more white, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the again, how do we define that? I mean, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. Like, yeah. but, but that's something that people of color, I think, have learned to do in mm-hmm. order to succeed and get, get better treatment um, and, and ultimately succeed more. You know, you see people who, in, who have high levels of education, mm-hmm. who have a distinct voice mm-hmm. for the working world and mm-hmm. their family. And I think that they've really cultivated that out of necessity mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's interesting that you bring that up because <laughs> this past summer, last summer, I actually went to go visit my mom because she lives in Mexico. And she lives surrounded by a couple of our, our cousins and aunts and whatnot. And so when I went to go visit her, like a lot of my cousins would go visit me because they're like, oh, I want to go see him. I haven't seen him in years. And the, the, the first thing that they would tell me is like, oh, like you forgot about the poor. Now you speak this language. Oh, now ew, you're more really? educated. So you're more than us. You're even richer than us. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here in my mind. Well, I'm, I'm a broke college student. <laughs> I still I, I never forget where I come from. I, I remember my humble roots. But obviously, I don't say that to them. I just like laugh laugh it with them i think that that i think that sentiment is felt across by other college students mm-hmm. um because <clears throat> excuse me i know when i went home for back when i went back home for the first time like i don't live in mexico or my family my family is from mexico but uh that's not where they live they live in the desert <laughs> and so yeah the desert the mojave desert um in the middle of nowhere <laughs> like a little town yeah. uh, two hours away from vegas uh, I went back home and my older sister was like, oh, you you think you're so smart now? You think you can just come in this house and like do whatever you want? And I'm like, I'm literally hungry. I'm staying with you. I'm opening the fridge to get food because I'm hungry. Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, I, I thought about it more and more and even though like she may have said it as a joke or may have said that it was a joke it wasn't mm-hmm. a joke because for me and my background like she was the one that was supposed to go off to college she was the one oh, that's supposed yeah. to do all these things oh. so it was like jealousy but not like jealousy like i freaking hate you it was just mm-hmm. kind of like <sighs> i wish i had like kind of I wish I was in your shoes, but I'm yeah. just going to make fun of you for it. Mm. So, shade. yeah, so it might have been coming from that, you know, like, yeah, they're saying that you're like richer or whatever, yeah. but, you know, reality is like we're all college students, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we don't make much. Um, and so it's not that you're richer or you're more educated. It's exactly. just that your path was different than other mm-hmm. people's paths. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what happened. Yeah, it's weird because they even, like, made fun of me just because I, w- I was in Mexico. I used my Spanish. I'm a Spanish major. I mean, what the heck? Uh-huh. So I was using my Spanish the whole time, obviously, because my mom doesn't understand the English language. So that's kind of rude to do to just speak uh-huh. a different language in front of my mom. Mm-hmm. And all of my other brothers and sisters, like, they're bilingual as well. But we all, like, spoke Spanish because we know that we don't want to make my mom uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they made fun of us. They would, like, you know English. Why aren't you using it? And in my mind, I'm just like, you're dumb. Like, we're in Mexico. Like, no one speaks English here. 
if they do it's like it's not the essential language mm-hmm. um i don't know that was just weird and the fact that they just associate the english language with like getting rich and educated it, it's just funny i, I don't mm. know I, I can't make that connection <laughs> and growing away too like yeah. growing away from your roots and mm-hmm. and not and not like and taking advantage of it and mm-hmm. not or taking it for granted yeah it's weird because when i went back there um, I noticed that like the more educated you get, the less connected you are mm-hmm. with the roots. Mm-hmm. At least they see it that way. Mm-hmm. And then you come back over here, and it's like your professors say, "Oh, well, you need improvement, and you need this work." So you're working on your education. So it's like there's no half and half. Like either yeah. I'm too educated for them, or I'm not educated at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's like where do I stand? And it's mm-hmm. kind of like the being a Chicano, like of a Mexican background, born here in the U.S. Um, it's like when I go to Mexico, I'm either too too white too what white they call, what or they call. here you're too brown or and something. over here yeah. it's like you're too mexican and yeah. it's like where do we stand then yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just that type of example you can see how code switching is useful then to mm-hmm. kind of get through those situations exactly. of being bicultural i always have regretted that i don't have more abilities to code switch in spanish because mm-hmm. i'm a quarter mexican and a quarter puerto rican and so i was sort of given some advantages because of that at my college of kind of going to these minority events and getting a getting sort of a getting to be flown out to my college mm-hmm. initially when I was looking at it to Smith College mm-hmm. and um, and then I started making friends with more of the Latino women and they just teased me all the time because I didn't speak Spanish very well you know I just took it in school I never mm-hmm. spoke it at home um, one time I was trying to help someone with their homework and they said well you can at least read it right so they gave me something to read and I was reading mm-hmm. it to them and the whole room started laughing at me because I was reading it wrong I wasn't oh. I wasn't pronouncing the words right and and I felt terrible mm-hmm. I felt so sad mm-hmm. and I felt like I couldn't really be their friends. Mm-hmm to the extent that I had maybe wanted Mm -hmm. because I wasn't brown enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and yet I also felt like my, my a hundred percent white friends weren't necessarily like there was a disconnect there too, because Mm -hmm. like the, they didn't have the kind of cultural background that I did and they didn't have the childhood Mm -hmm. that I did. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard being stuck between those worlds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like that just reminds me, in high school, I spoke pretty decent Spanish, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, I could read it well because I grew up reading the Bible in Spanish, so mm-hmm. I'd have to, like, read out loud and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, fun fact about me, that's how <laughs> I grew up. <clears throat> um, would I read it now? Probably not, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, and so I remember studying for the AP Spanish test. Uh, I was just kind of took it like, oh, like, I know Spanish, like, I can do this. So then, like, whenever we would get into our group, because there's only, like, four or five of us, who were taking the AP Spanish test, we would take turns reading passages out loud from like whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could tell that like my other friends would struggle a little bit saying these words out loud. And then when it came to me, I'd just be like, oh, wh- whatever it was, right? Yeah. Like I'll just say it. Um, and one of my friends, uh, her name was Sam. She's like, oh yeah, you speak sp- better Spanish than I do. And I was just like, that doesn't mean I understand it better than you do. Like, mm-hmm. it does, you know. Um, what ended up happening is I got a three on the Spanish exam because, you know, I didn't dedicate as much time because I was like, oh, yeah, I know this. Mm-hmm. Well, she got a five because she dedicated more time yeah. to actually doing oh, wow. it. So, yeah. That's a lot of attitudes of people who are native speakers to the Spanish language. They Like, for example, I've seen this in a lot of my Spanish classes. They come in with an attitude like, oh, I, yeah. grew, I grew up mm-hmm. with my parents speaking Spanish to me. I know this. And you actually do it and you're like, 
Uh. Exactly. <laughs> the good thing about these Spanish professors is that right off the bat, like on our first day of classes, we go through the syllabus, but they also make us write a paragraph. Uh-huh. Telling, uh, asking like, what did you do over the summer or during um, winter break? And that's how they evaluate whether or not mm-hmm. you're actually going to survive the class. And mm-hmm. so I like that professors from the Spanish department do that because a lot of them go with a cocky um, attitude saying like, well, no, I know my Spanish. I know my parents spoke Spanish to me. I'm going to pass this. And so it's it's totally not the same because this is a, a different Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I call it the academic Spanish. Cause I it's think like, yeah. I was, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Academic it's, this, Spanish. it's a Spanish that we don't talk with our parents. Mm-hmm. We talk. We speak that like Spanish in casually, like colloquially. I think I'm saying it right. Like, yeah. like we just say like, if your mom is yelling at, at you, like, "Jesús, ven lava los trastes," exactly. and you're like, "Okay, I'm a yeah boy." You know, you mm-hmm. just like say things like, you know, <laughs> yeah. in passing. You're not really like reading books or studying things that mm-hmm. are actually in Spanish mm-hmm. because you're here, so you're studying things and reading things that are in English. Yeah. So you don't get the same, you know. Uh, you don't get the same levels of like understanding mm-hmm. that you do with things that are in English mm-hmm. than with the things that are in Spanish. Yes. Yeah. It's true. Well, thank you for coming in <laughs> and talking with us. We really enjoyed our conversation. It was fun. Thank it you. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Jesus, did you bring your song? So today <laughs> we're trying to end every every episode with a happy note or something silly. Something random. Something <laughs> super random. And so I told Jesus that what would be the funniest thing ever would be if we brought a rap song or a song <laughs> that we could actually sing at least or not or sing rap or rap to. Rap to. Um, was it 10 seconds without messing up? Something like Something that. Something like that. But like, if you mess up after that, that's fine. But we're going to try to see. Um, do you want to go first, or should I go first? Or what do you well, want to do this? I brought... The, the only song that I can rap to, it's the beginning of Moment for Life by... I was going to do that one. I hate you, dude. <laughs> by Nicki Minaj featuring Drake. I mean, we can do it together, because if one of us messes up, the other continues. <laughs> okay. That's really the only rap song I can, like, rap to, like... And I take pride in it. <laughs> Let me find it. No vanilla ice. No. <laughs> no. No, um, no Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm. Can you do it? Would you be able to much. do it? Oh, boy. If we played it? Oh, why did I say that? See, you just like <laughs> volunteered yourself. Oh, because we were just doing this with the baby the other day. <laughs> with the baby. <laughs> yeah, because she loves hip hop. Oh, Ooh, interesting. We were, we were, she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be able to do it. Oh, okay. I don't know why I'm getting nervous. And it's, <laughs> not like, nervous? It's, not, it's not like we have an audience There's looking like at us. There's four people in here. <laughs> I know. And Hilda's not even talking. She's just standing I'm there. Looking at you. She <laughs> judges us. So did you want to go first with your... Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> I'll play it. Like It'll be like My playing. students are going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a good thing, right? They're listening okay. to our podcast. <laughs> are they gonna hear the sound or are they just gonna hear me? Uh let's I don't see. want them to just hear me. <laughs> I want let them me to hear the up. background. There we go. Can can you hear it, Hilda? <laughs> Alright, okay. I'm gonna put it closer to the mic here. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> Story. All about how life got flipped, turned upside down, and like to say, minute and sit right there and tell you how it came to of color. That's really hard to say. We do it slower. I'm better at the verses. 
That was gold. <laughs> do you want to continue? I don't know. I'm better at the verses. I'll do the first one. Just okay, the first okay, one. Okay, okay, here it comes. Okay, Thanks. let's see. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, max and relaxing, all cool, and shooting some b-ball outside of school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making some trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight, and my mom got scared. She said, "You're moving with your aunties and uncles in Bel Air." <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> Dang, dude. <laughs> all right, so I'm multi-talented. I can teach psychology and rap the French principle. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> Alright, you guys have to do better than me. <laughs> Wait. Ooh. Do I wanna do moment for life? You know what? We'll do it individually, like it you you do it. And then if I wanna do I think I can do super bass though. Okay. I, tell me why I was also thinking super bass I'm this morning. Freaking punch you. <laughs> no. I, I wanted to like sing the the tie part. <laughs> you can't do it together? You could do it together. No? No, I think I'm going to stick with Super okay. Bass. Like, okay. Do, I'll, I'll do you want me to play it? Or? A moment for life. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Okay. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> do you want the clean version or the MTV unfiltered version? Um, what do you want? Ow! Let's go with the unfiltered version. I like the original. I hate... Okay, FYI, I hate filtered versions. <laughs> okay. So when Pandora cleans them up, I really get pissed. <laughs> let's... Let's see, uncensored. Okay. I think this is it. Okay. Oh, there's an ad for. Oh, no. <laughs> this is your song. <laughs> Alright, here you go. I am no longer trying to survive I believe that life is a prize But to leave does mean you're alive Don't worry about me and who I fire I get what I desire, it's my empire And yes I call it shots, I am the umpire I sprinkle holy water upon the vampire in this very moment I'm king In this very moment I slay the life with a sling In this very moment I bring Put on in everything And I will retire with a crown I you're looking at the lyrics. You're such a cheater. No, I was glancing at them. You were looking at the lyrics. I hate you. No, I was literally glancing. I was waiting for that part to come up because I don't know if it was crown or whatever the heck that word was. Trust me. I didn't have the lyrics. She didn't have the lyrics. Should we retry without the lyrics? You just cheated. I didn't. I was waiting for that part to come up because I didn't know if it was crown. Now you just got to do it off the top of your head. Oh, my God. Don't look at your computer. <laughs> if I play the rest of you the song, you can do it. I believe in you. Let's let's get it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I was just confused of, of that one word, the crown word. Okay, ready? Here you go. <sighs> this is horrible. <laughs> this is really horrible. <laughs> My computer like, did not have the lyrics. That's all I wanted to just point out there. So I want the stars in the skies. I am no longer trying to survive. I believe that life is a prize, but to live doesn't mean you're alive. Don't worry about me and who I fire. I get what I desire. It's my empire. And yes, I call the shots. I am an empire. I pick the holy water upon the vampire. 
In this very moment, I'm king. In this very moment, I slay your life with a C. In this very moment, I. And that's the word that I was looking out for. It was very good. See, I know the song. All right, so that was really embarrassing. Sure. I feel like my voice was like so monotone, so boring. The wall. Woo. All right. Okay. I know. I was sweating too. Yeah, I'm sweating. <laughs> Rap is Talk really stressful. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Alright, let's I see if I can do turn. super bass. I'm probably gonna suck. Super bass is. Screw this up so bad. It's like so fast too. Sounds <clears throat> <clears throat> to the boys in the boom. It's a top down AC with the coolest. They're yelling in the club. They blazing up. Got stacks on deck like you're saving up. In a bill, he deal, he bought kind of bill, he bought the world to the bill, he bought, he mo, he might talk up. Everybody never fly coaches, a motherfucking ship ship, then another drip ship, then we can do the business, that's gonna do what I was looking for. And yes, you get slapped if you look at how, excuse me, you're a hell of a guy, I mean, my my, my you're a fucking spy, I mean, he's looking at you, and I'm looking at the guy with a thing on his eye, oh, yes I did, yes I did, if I is, I am Nicki Minaj, and that's the hoops up, that hoops up, and drop the juice up. Nice. <laughs> I totally mumbled my way through like I, I part of it. <laughs> Sometimes it's so fast you're just like all looking into mumbling oh just go with the god. rhythm. I don't know how many times they have to practice it. To right? Get it oh my fast. god! Wow, that was very. I'm very impressed. That was insane. <laughs> it was very intense. I, my hands were sweating. <laughs> Breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can take us all through a deep breathing technique. <laughs> I know several. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us this week, yes, Dr. Peterson. Thank, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Stanislaus Queercast. And thank you for listening. <laughs>